Welcome everyone to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the world's longest running sales training podcast. We're here exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. My name is Brian Neal. And I'm Bill Kasky. We're your host this week and every week for the Advanced Selling Podcast. If you have not yet, we've got a lot of new listeners coming on board yeah. since we've joined our friends at Podcast One and the Podcast One family. A lot of new listeners. If you're not a member, go to the LinkedIn group right now. LinkedIn group, a lot of smart people. And if you haven't already, go to our website to the products page and, and buy our, our uh, program all in if you've not done that yet, so you can take us with you in uh, like a little pocket coach yeah. around there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Bill, we've got wonderful listeners. We know this. We have wonderful fact checkers. We know this. Mm-hmm. I mentioned a song on their last episode called uh, Without You. Can't live without you. Mm-hmm. You can't live if living. It's a wonderful song. And you accurately said the singer of that was? Harry Nilsson. Which it is. Harry Nilsson. With two S's. With, two, with two S's. Very, very good. From 1972. Wonderful song. Mm-hmm. What our lovely fact checker, Doug Drosen, pointed out, and another one of our friends from Great Britain, he mm-hmm. told me to leave the T in there, mm-hmm. is that Harry Nilsson did not write that song. And really? I did not know this. Really? It was written by what I think is kind of a rock band, really, from the UK called Badfinger. Mm-hmm. And Badfinger has a lot of other really good songs. They're the ones that wrote that song. And then Harry Nilsson kind of made it famous. What else, what else did Badfinger do? I oh, can't. That's a great, what a wonderful baby blue Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No matter what, day after day. Uh-huh. They have a little they Beatles a little, feel. Like yeah. almost they sound kind of Beatles-ish. Early 70s. Come and get it. 70s. Come and get it. It's my favorite Badfinger song. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know Badfinger did it. Yeah. If you want it, here is, is it, it is. Come is it Badfinger who used the name, used, used the word Badfinger in their song, or was that Bad Company? I don't know. Uh, it might be Bad, bad Company. Bad Company, okay. Yeah. yeah. Bad, bad, So bad. thank you for our friends in, in Britain. Note the T. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to take my hillbilly out of my... Formal Queen's English. Which is very difficult. <laughs> very, you. very difficult. But thanks to uh, Doug, too. because we yes. And we always, with Doug, we don't just get the answer. We get a little background. Get a little we do. Back we a little color. A little, little color. color. Yeah, yes. So Doug Drosen, fact, fact checker. That's fact right. checker, Doug. All right. You know, Brian, you have been accused, I think wrongly so, but know. occasionally we've had listeners say, you know, Brian uh, is full of hyperbole. He says very, very, very a lot. I do say that. I can remember one or two times you do that. There's yes. a lot of very varies, but very seldom do you have a triple vary. In I'll that. own it. But I heard a, an interview with a guy the other day who was talking about food, and he had a hyperbole that puts you to shame. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said he did a triple pack, a three pack of phenomenal. No, he did not. It's phenom- it was ph- oh my gosh, it was phenom- phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Wait, wait, he was talking about food. This is just a guy? I'm going to tell you what he was talking about in a minute. Okay, he, yeah, he was talking about his experience with this type of food. He goes, oh, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal thing. And phenomenal is in itself one. I, mean, right, I think one a, of those alone. is probably enough. Yes, yeah, I would have one a phenomenal. triple phenomenal. But what do you think he was talking about? It was food? It was food. It was just what a, is the a person. What, what that, is the worst food Oh God. For you. To, like bad for you? Not good mm-hmm. for you? Bad for you. Uh, pork rinds? Hot dogs. Hot dogs are awful. <laughs> it was you. phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal hot dog. I can barely get that out three times without phenomenal. Phenomenal hot dog. And so I, mean, I thought of you when I heard that. I thought, oh, this guy has, Brian has nothing on this guy. What brought the question up? I, mean, I don't know. He was telling of his experience <laughs> about Portillo's or some hot dog place, and they have phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Blah, 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 I mean, I love dog. food, and I love some food that's not good for me, and I'm trying to think if I could get there with a hot dog. I mean, that would have to be a yeah. really oh, they t- yeah, it tastes good. That's one of those things you don't know, don't want to know how it's made. But anyway, I heard that, and I thought uh, I thought of you, Brian. That's so fantastic. Very, very, very phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. All right, these days, and podcasting is one of these things. Uh, podcasting is a uh, content on demand sort of thing. 
Would you agree, Bill? It is. I would agree. And and you listen to us as listeners because you can better yourself at your own pace mm-hmm. and get do your own thing. And salespeople are all about efficiency. We talk about that time. And uh, there is uh, friend, some friends of ours who have uh, joined our Advanced Lane podcast family that we'd like to uh, introduce you to today. And they are called uh, Stamps.com. And I didn't know this, but you can literally get anything from the post office at your desktop mm-hmm. right now on demand. You can buy and print uh, postage for any letter. I send a lot of these uh, priority mail packages. Yes. And you, don't have to, you do not have to go to the post office anymore. You know, one of the things can that... you say that a little slower next time? You do not have to go to the post office anymore. <sighs> and, it, you know, it's not one of our favorite activities anyway. Nothing against the no. post office. It's just it's not set up. It, it, as I say, it's an analog product <laughs> in a digital world. It is. And so stamps.com, you can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter or package. Never closes, just like no. the Advanced Selling Podcast, never no. closes. You know, I had a um, postage machine oh. where you would take it back. And, and the thing is, you, you rent it for per month, which that's not the problem. The problem is, how do you get out of the contract? Those yeah. contracts are airtight. And if you don't hit it on the exact day of the anniversary, you're sucked in for another year. That's yes. in the contract, which is crazy. So I've been trying to get out of this contract. Nuts, not so with stamps.com. You can uh, come and go as you please. And it's an awesome service. You don't have to go to the post office anymore, as we say. There is an offer for those of you who think we're just going to pitch it and not give you an offer. If you go to stamps.com and use the promo code advanced selling for this offer, here's what you get. A, a no risk trial Mm. and B, $110 bonus stamps right when you sign up. Yep. And that includes a digital scale. You get a digital scale shipped to you. So you never have any confusion about what the price or how many stamps you put on. I know I'm always guilty of putting on, let's put on a few more just to make sure. But, uh, Advanced selling is the promo code. Go to stamps.com and get your no risk trial and all that free postage. I go to stamps.com. I put an advanced selling in there. I get a no risk trial, get a $110 bonus offer that gives me the digital scale that you said you had to buy from that other oh, yeah, company. Oh, yeah, I had to buy that you, too. Right? And yeah. I get that all for free about that. just because I listened to the advanced selling podcast. Yep. What a bonus. Take advantage of that right now. Stamps.com, promo code advanced selling. Beautiful. All right. We've got a uh, friend joining us today, don't we? We do. Sort we of. get uh, lots of emails from people on listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Go ahead and uh, if you have a question for us, we occasionally read questions, but sometimes people send in their actual voice along with a question. They do. Which we love because it allows us to get to know the listeners a little bit, voice of the listener. We got one from Lindsay. Let's take a listen to it and then let's ask answer her question. All right. Hi, Brian and Bill. My name is Lindsay and I work in the communications field. I do have a question for you as I'm kind of new to the sales world. I've been with my current company for about two and a half years. I started as a customer service representative and have recently made the transition into an inside sales role. I'm loving the new adventures, but running into some roadblocks. Since I have stayed within the same company and I have relationships with a lot of our sales reps and customers, they still view me as a customer service rep. Can you help me in providing some tips on the best way to make this transition smooth as possible and how to have people view me as a sales rep and not just customer service anymore? Thank you for all of your time and your wonderful advice day to day. It's good. All right. What a great question. It's a good question. Yeah. 
How do we show up? How do we get people to perceive us in a way that we want them to perceive us when they perceive us another way? Mm -hmm. Wonderful Mm -hmm. question. It's a great question. We're going to expand it a little bit, I think, to not just customer service, where your role has changed. Yeah. But in many cases, what we're talking about on the podcast, Brian, is your position has to change. You have to think of yourself differently. If you're going to go in and do the things that we are coaching and teaching you to do, you have to change your mindset a little bit. And part of that is... How are you positioning yourself, yep. A, with yourself, and B, in front of clients? And so we're going to give Lindsay some ideas here. But this is a, a broader question than just when your role's changed. Yeah, and think about this. We, we define, sometimes we define role by job title or function, right? So yeah. she said, yeah. all right, I'm, I was a customer service rep. Now I'm in sales. Therefore, I need you to think about me differently. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think the, the way the topic expands is if you've been a sales rep or an account manager your whole life, this can still apply to you. Even if you haven't switched titles, this is more for me about how you are received and interacted with than it is about the title that's on your business card. And so for anyone listening, if you are uh, a 20 year veteran salesperson, been carrying the bag a long time and, and here because you're trying to continue to improve yourself, you too can learn and think about how can I, and should I show up different and position myself as you as you say, Bill, which I really like that. You know, one one example, one uh, assignment we, you can try here is what is your role? Because mm. you just brought up it's not yeah. a, a matter of title. It's a matter of function. And yeah. so what is your role? You know, in professional selling, is your role to meet quota? Yeah. Is your role to make a lot of money for the company? Is your role to increase profit? Those roles might be sub roles, but that has nothing to do with a customer. No. So, you know, maybe you have a, a, a bottom line role at your company, but you also have a customer facing role. And that shouldn't be about what's in it for you. It should be about what's in it for them. Always. Always. That's beautiful. Yeah. From a framework standpoint, I think it's important to go back to how Bill and I talk to you about everything. And you've you've kind of teased it today, Bill. I've noticed that you kind of teased it out, which is you have to start with yourself. You have to start with your own thinking philosophy. And so often people want the words here. They want to say, hey, how do I tell people that I've switched jobs? Right. Do I tell them, well, I used to be a customer service rep and I'm sales. I'm really excited. Da, 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 da. I'm not saying that because her name's Lindsay. Okay, good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not, it's not. Because I didn't see her head shaking. No, she like wasn't shaking. Was... She was like, uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it's really important that you start with the look in the mirror. You have to say to myself, great question, what is my role now? And how do I want people to see things differently? That starts with, this is my first one. Is And you said this, I think you led into it. How do I see myself? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you have that one? Uh-huh. How do I see myself? For sure. And... You have to learn to, as you evolve through your career, see yourself differently. And that's a very difficult thing to do. And uh, Bill and I have been doing this for a long time. And we can remember when we first started. And we thought, even with the podcast, when we first started podcasting, we didn't know anything. And now we've got this, this huge following, great audience, all these people involved. And you as a listener, you know, see us as gurus. We see us as, you know couple of Midwestern dudes sitting in an office playing radio. Mm-hmm. And so you have to evolve your own thinking, how you see yourself. So I now see myself as a guru, Bill. I saw, <laughs> I noticed that. Yeah. I saw the body no, language totally yeah. shifted. And my t-shirt and tennis shoes, right? It's <laughs> great. Um, so I think that's the number one uh, for Lindsay and for those of you listening. You've got to uh, ask yourself, how do I see myself and how should I and can I see myself differently? I've got another exercise. I'm oh, the yeah. exercise you guy. You are. Today. I like it. You know, one thing, if you work in an office or work with peers who are also in professional selling or ownership or whatever, and you have customer uh, contact and customer facing responsibilities, go ask them too. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's one thing to sit down for yourself and say, well, what is my role? Mm-hmm. But go ask them. Go ask the other sales folks in your office and say, what do you think your role is? 
is. And you'd be surprised at how many of them are, are more self-absorbed roles. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- that might set you on the path to saying, okay, well, what's my customer role here? And your yes. role determines your actions, I think. Yes. How you show up is determined by what you think your role is when you show up. I have another little comment on the role. Okay, it Mr. just Guru. popped into my little head, mm-hmm. if I may. Mm-hmm. This is my guru voice. I do like that. <laughs> I don't even that. know what it is. I do. <laughs> it's like Thurston Howell III. It, it is. From, uh, <laughs> That's what I thought it was. Lovey, bring me my slippers. It's kind of a Princeton We're going Princeton on the yacht accent. after school. Bring your own Perrier. <laughs> um, <laughs> your role in your own mind should be separate from your role on your business card. Yeah, in other yeah. words, there's part of your role that should stay the same all the time, no matter what you're doing. Things that we talk about on the podcast, like I should always carry good intent an abundant attitude in a detached way about me all the time. That's part of my role. My role is to create space where people can learn and grow. Mm-hmm. That's my role. And I don't care what my job title is. If I'm giving a speech or talking to a one-on-one coach, it doesn't matter. It's all matter. the same. It's it all, all feeds back into that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At a real core level. I think. So, that's so what would be some examples of maybe somebody who you coach, and I'll give you an example too, of yeah. somebody who's, who really got their role right. Not, not their, yes. not their job title, but their yeah. role. No, I can, uh, uh, Think of a uh, client. His name is Brian. Okay. It's not me. Brian D. And he was a client, a salesperson and a client for a really long time. When I got there, he was uh, on his last leg. He uh, bought into what we would teach him and did teach him and went from there to a, a president's club, high performer. He left the company, went to another company, bottom sales guy, now number one sales guy after 18 months. And he is learned to embrace this philosophy of how he is in any role he takes on. Mm-hmm. And he, he switched industries and he killed it again. The reason he killed it is because he has embodied the thinking ideas that we teach. Abundance, so, detachment, and that sort of thing. So if I were to call him up and say, what is your role, Brian D., uh, what would he, how would he depict that? Yeah, I think, think his, his role is to go and um, network and interact with as many people as he can with the intent to try to help them, okay, and work. So with helping like is helping a part of that for role. sure, okay, definitely. So I like He's helping. I like that idea of creating, creating an atmosphere where the customer can tell me the truth about what's going on in their world. Yeah, always. Uh, I think pro- uh, problem finding or problem solving might be yeah. a part of that. Yeah, you can't do all these, but for you, the listener, you have to figure out. Okay, what is my core role with customers? Is it to create space? Is it to find and solve problems? Is it to bring ideas yes. and information and education? Because if you get that right, I think the rest of it becomes very easily. And for Lindsay, it's the same thing. If you've changed your role inside the company, sometimes you can, uh, you you need to change that in your brain because customer service is very different than inside sales. It is for sure. Yeah. Uh, can I do a tactical one here? Yeah. This I think it's maybe I should give it to you since you're the exercise guy today because I think it's an exercise. You tell me if it is. I would like Lindsay to do a behavioral and language audit a behavioral and language audit. Mm -hmm. And so as she's going down this path of working on her inside persona, that sort of thing, she's also got behaviors and language that follow suit. And as she's looking at how does a customer service rep talk, is she still sounding like a customer service rep or behaving like one? Or is she sounding like a sales professional and behaving like one? Make Mm -hmm. sense? Mm -hmm. Here would be an example. In this case, customer service people, but but oftentimes will say, oh, the customer's always right. So they don't push back because their job is to make everyone right, okay. Right. Where a salesperson that we would coach is taught to push back or mm-hmm. say, mm, I don't know about that, or I've got a different take on that or that sort of thing. So that might be one little aspect mm-hmm. of it that might be different. Mm-hmm. Do a behavior language audit and see how closely your behavior and language line up to customer service versus sales or the new role. 
So what's the best way to do that? It seems like you need to have some empirical evidence there because I could say, oh, no, no, Brian, my, my language has really changed since I got this new role. But until you yeah. listen to yourself, yeah. which is really hard to do, you might even record yourself. You know, we, I was uh, out in Santa Barbara with a client the other day and everybody was talking about voice memos. And one of these guys that was a, a big proponent, he's a podcast listener, he says, go to your voice memo on your iPhone and just record yourself. Just just practice. Just yeah. practice your upfront agreement. Practice, you know, Mr. Smith. Here's here is my role today with you. Just practice and see if that language, because I like the idea of an audit. But if you can't hear yourself, then you're going to have to have somebody else coach you on it. Yeah, I have clients that do this, and we play the calls back in coaching sessions. And the first time you do it, everyone's all squirrely, yeah, and right. they would tell you there is no better tool to use than recording your own calls and listening to them back yourself. Yeah, yeah, nothing better. Uh, here's one that I have, and, and this might even be good for Lindsay, but uh, if your role has changed, sometimes you can just bring it up and say, you know, just so you know, my, yeah. my role has changed slightly inside the company. And it used to be that I was involved in customer service. My role's changed. Now I'm more into this. And here's what that means for you. Yep. Is uh, So my questions might come more from what are some of the challenges you're having and how to solve it rather than just, just trafficking and solutions. So. Yeah. I think that you can verbalize that, which yeah. we've kind of talked about. But and if and if you haven't changed roles, but you have changed positions, meaning you're let's say that you want to show up now as an expert, not as just every other salesperson, you can say that too. Yes, you can say, you know, yes, I know in the yes, past yeah. I've called yeah. on you, and one of the things that I've always done is I've always pitched products and talked about features and benefits, and I've realized that I'm selling I'm selling you short. I'm not serving you by yep. coming in here and pitching products. So I'm going to be more concerned with what are the problems those products can solve. So you mm-hmm. can verbalize that for too. sure. That's great. That's the last one I had too. Oh, you was it? Nailed okay. it. I, I put so a, we were three for three then. Pretty close. Same thing. Uh, yeah, really close. Yeah. I wrote down acknowledgements. That's what we talked about. We talked about that in a podcast a few weeks ago. And that's yeah. what this is. It's exactly what you said. So I've got one. Wonderful. I've got one more here that is really fits under this idea of positioning. Yeah. You know, I can say that I'm different now. Yeah. But it's really... What are the questions that you ask? And mm. the questions that you ask will will prove to the customer that you really are yeah. different. Yeah. What can I help you with today is the customer service angle of that. How can I, what are some of the problems you're having is the sales version of yes. that. So what questions you ask really do, does do, help you position yourself. Yep. The person is always, and we've talked about this before, the person's always sizing us up. Right. So when we're in there, we say, you know, our roles change or my, my goal here is to find out what your problem is. But if you just start pitching something, mm-hmm. then they're sizing you up and say, well, he's a liar because his role really hasn't changed. He's still right. here pitching me products. Right. So I think questioning is a is one of those visible things that a prospect can see, hear and feel about whether you really have changed your role. Our long term friend of the show who loves when we mention his name, Chris Stark. Oh, yeah. You remember Chris. I know Chris. Gave us this phrase, and I may have mentioned it on the podcast in the past, but we have so many more listeners now. I'll re-mention it and give Chris his due. He always used to say that he believes salespeople get judged way more by the questions that they ask than by the statements that they make. You get judged more by the questions that you ask than by the statements that you make. It's a wonderful phrase to remember. Because we tend to make so many statements as salespeople, and, and people say that's a you're you're a prospect say that's a good question. Yeah, I know I'm doing well. Yeah, right where it's yeah. going well. Or I've right? never I've never thought about that yeah. before. And on the other side, if you make a bunch of statements and say, "Do you have any questions, prospect?" and they go, "Nope," yeah. <laughs> not so you're, good. Yeah, that's right. Right, that's right. Not so good. All right, good. 
That was good. Anything else to add to Lindsay's uh, question? Anything else finally that uh, one last tip or anything? No, I give Lindsay some kudos. Number one for yeah. making the switch. Number two for listening to the Advanced Selling Podcast and taking her manager's suggestions and putting it into play. And number three for reaching out to us and asking the question. You got a litany of bullet points there. That was a That's Lindsay good. litany of the, litany of Lindsay. A litany. litany. F- what was the word? Phenomenal. F- oh, phenomenal. 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 Phenomenal question, Lindsay. Oh, Dear good. goodness. All right. Well, that does it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't downloaded a free copy of our ultimate pregame audio program, which we have downloaded lots of, you should do so right now. Go to the advancedsellingpodcast.com page to find it. Check out also the products page in which you can check out our all-in program and also the toolkit that's there with it. Um, You can also download our app in the iTunes app store. And uh, take a couple minutes and leave a review on iTunes. We had a couple more people uh, leave reviews this week, and we really do appreciate that. And also, thank you for referring us to your friends and colleagues, too. We, we don't thank you enough for that. I know that's how this whole podcast grows. Amen. All right. Join the conversation on our LinkedIn group. Go to advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. And I will see you next Monday, Brian, for the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast. See you then. All right. Bye.